When you look in a mirror, what do you see? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. And in this coming Torah portion of Kisese, we encounter a rather striking element, almost contradictory themes that develop regarding the situation in which one has been executed by the court. The Torah describes that after execution, the criminal who has now been put to death is to be hanged. We do not kill by hanging. Separate discussions as to the exact methodology by which the basin, by which the court, particularly the high court, is to execute the very rare criminal who meets all the tests necessary to warrant the actual death penalty. But when he is executed, he is to be hanged as a means of displaying to the community the severity of this behavior and the extreme punishment that came his way, uh, clearly meant to kind of shock the society into avoiding similar behavior. But the Torah continues and tells us that he is to be taken down by nightfall. He is to be buried that day. Now, bearing in mind the executions did not happen in the morning, we'd always stall somewhat to see to it that there be the possibility that somebody find another argument uh, in defense of this criminal. So the executions happened late into the day. And yet, he is to be hanged and taken down from that hanging uh, situation and buried before the day is over. Kavorsik Berenu, you must bury him while it is still day. Why the rush? If in fact there is some message, some benefit to society in seeing this shocking message, why the rush to bury him so quickly? The text of the Torah itself tells us, Kikilalas Elohim Talui. There's some element of great degradation to God in the one who is hanging. What is that degradation? Rashi brings the Medrash that describes that a, using the metaphor for a king who had a twin brother, an identical twin brother, identical in their external features, but not identical in their conduct. The twin brother was a, a terrible criminal and was being punished for his crimes. <clears throat> Says the king, I have no interest in having the, this, this punishment, in that case actually of the matters describing where this criminal is also now hanging for his crimes, uh, I do not want to have him standing there any longer than necessary. I do not want this lingering image because when people look at that person, they see me. They think the king. Now, good chance they put two and two together, get the facts, and find out it actually is not the king. But the initial impression upon seeing this is the king. Now, that's the medrash that Rashi quotes. How does that translate into our story? Apparently... God, Hashem, is telling us that when people see that criminal hanging, they see me. What's the comparison? Well, given that humanity are created in the image of God, and the text describes over here that we are in His image and we are His banim, we are His children, His likeness, so there is that correlation, the shared imagery upon seeing this human being and kind of connecting that back to God. Now, this concept of our being created into God's image and our being representative of God in this world, one could have imagined is relevant to the tzaddik, to the righteous one, to the great Torah sage, to the person who is 
infused with an attitude of chesed, of kindness and giving and rachmanus and compassion. But this guy, this criminal, a criminal who is so offensive as warranting the death penalty in the rare situations that a court that kills regularly is considered to be murderous. And regularly, debate in the Talmud if that means once in seven years or once in 70 years. This is not a common occurrence for the court to be executing somebody. He has to really deserve this. And that guy is in God's image? Well, apparently the Torah is saying yes. So let's kind of translate this into our lives, into our world. There are people out there who cause us frustration and difficulty. How do we view them? You know, and I'm talking in cases that they actually do things that disturb us, that frustrate us, that get in the way, that compete with us. They're not that criminal. That guy is in God's image. Is this other person, the guy or woman in our social circle, in our work environment, within our community, that really causes some distress? They can't be as bad as that guy that just got killed by the court. And when we look at him, we are expected to see God. So what about when we view these other people in our lives? And what about when we look in the mirror? Do we see God when we see ourselves? Whatever we, we get down on ourselves, we have issues with our failures, and good time of year to be focused on those things as we lead up to Rosh Hashanah, but we can't make the mistake of treating ourselves as a nothing. We are created in God's image. And that is something which is recognized again, even the person of such evil as described in our Parsha, all the more so that that godliness can be apparent within that person we're looking at in the mirror in front of us. Not easy, though. Not easy to see the godliness in someone, and again, particularly when we are being bothered by whatever it is that they're doing that's disturbing to us. You know, they, he grabbed that opportunity, the job opportunity, or the within my job, you know, he, he took the, the project that really I would have been best suited for, or, you know, this person had the audacity to not invite me to their simcha after all I've done for them, or she had the chutzpah to wear the dress she knew I was wearing to my, my daughter's bat mitzvah, and, and then she bought the same one, whatever that incredibly frustrating circumstance. And let's even say that there's some element of criminal or corruption in the behavior. It's not just something that bugs me, but it really is something they're doing that's wrong. And we still have to find the God connect in that person. Because again, even if we need to react to the wrong that's being done, we don't have to like everybody. But as we've shared before, we do have a mitzvah to love everybody. And it's pretty weird that someone crosses the threshold that we no longer have a mitzvah to love them. We have to see the God connect in everybody. And it's going to go way beyond. There's no threshold they can cross before that's gone because they're not as bad as the criminal in our parsha. How do we do this? How do we see that God connect and recognize there's great practical value in this as well? Because when we see the God connect, if we're able to relate to ourselves as godly, if we relate to this other person as godly, we're going to be less stressed by whatever the problems we're encountering with them are. For example, again, this person, I need actually to deal with an issue. I need to bring this person to court over something they've done that really is damaging me. 
but I can do that with incredible stress and incredible angst and incredible anger and just generate further and further ill will. Or I can be cool, calm, and collected and say, hey, I view you as a ultimately good person with a current negative that has to be corrected. And given the Torah principle of kamayim ha'panim ha'panim, water reflects back the image that we share with the water, or the mirror reflects back the image we share with the mirror. You smile into the mirror, you're not going to get a frown. You frown into the mirror, you're not going to get a smile. So if we frown at the other guy, we're not going to smile back. But if we can smile at this guy while we deal with the issues and try to correct them, we're much more likely to actually correct them and be able to get a tolerable outcome. So, back to our question. How do we do it? How do we make ourselves capable of seeing the Tzalim the God connect, the image of God in somebody who's currently frustrating me? So I'd like to suggest the, the following theory, and I'd really appreciate all of your feedback as to whether this, in fact, works for you or if you've got better ideas. But my tachlis suggestion for the day, my again, practical takeaway, what we can do would be to try the following. But since, again, I have not proven this to work, I'm trying it myself, and I'd ask you to do so. So, again, let's get into a situation, whatever the situation in your lives is, that somebody is causing you some stress, and hopefully... You have a hard time thinking of somebody like that. But if you come across somebody, if you have a friend who actually, that person knows of a situation that somebody is causing somebody stress, project into this case the following. Imagine. We'll call it Plony and Almoni. Plony is the, and Almoni are the kind of classic Talmudic John Doe's. You know, there's very uh, generic names. So Plony Almoni. Imagine Plony is stressing out Almoni. Salmoni's so reaction, he's, he's very frustrated with Plony. And, um, you know, the details, he really, Plony has caused him some stress, is causing him trouble. But now imagine you are listening to, to um, Plony, um, to, I'm sorry, to Almoni. Almoni is venting about everything that Plony has done to him, all the difficulties that Almoni has with him. And you are Almoni's, you are Plony's mother. Sorry, I'm confusing the names over here. And you're Plony's mother. You are the aggressor's mother. And you're listening to Almoni venting about Plony. Will you manage to find some way in your heart to come up with some type of a means of looking at Plony as still being A-OK? I'm willing to bet that in most circumstances, Plony's mother, even if she recognizes that there is truth in the charge against Plony, okay, Plony made a mistake. Plony's doing something wrong. But he's really a good guy who has this one area of weakness. He's really a good guy who failed in this particular area. He's really a good guy, and you just have to look at this particular isolated factor or group of factors as isolated from his overall good personality. I think most mothers can do that, and I think they can do it accurately. And I think if we would imagine ourselves, in whatever situations we have with those plonies, somebody is causing us to stress, somebody is getting in the way, someone's a nuisance, but that's not the overall definition of the person. If I can look at plony as a Salam al-Kim, he's been created in the image of God, he has a God connect, he has God connecting potential. And he's making mistakes. And those mistakes may have to be addressed. 
but they're part of a big picture and they're not defining him. He's not defined by those mistakes. So my suggestion for all of us, my uh, kind of talkless step for the week, would be to try to project into the cases that we have, and again, hopefully they're few and far between, but into those cases where there's somebody who's causing us distress and we're having a hard time seeing this person as good, as, as wonderful, as tzaddik, as special. But let's try for a moment to imagine, okay, I need to deal with that issue, but I want to be able to deal with it with a smile, with calm and stress-free. So for the moment, he's my child. I'm his mother. And how would I manage, and it may be hard, but be creative. How would I manage to kind of make this just a small slice of his personality and recognize him as really, truly my God-gifted child and my, my gift to humanity and find all the special, wonderful things that a mother can find in that child? In so doing, I think we'll manage to reorient ourselves and, and really better appreciate people around us. I think the more we do this, the more we look in the mirror, we will be able to associate that image on the other side that's smiling back at me as being a godly personality and, and recognize the greatness in ourselves as well. In so doing, hopefully we can live in a more stress-free society, a stress-free living, greater appreciation of ourselves, greater appreciation of our potential and greater likeliness to achieve that great potential, greater likeliness to achieve our tachlis.